This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. Now, Fight Back with Libby Snymer on Zoomer Radio. Good afternoon and welcome. It's a shocking story of violence in a nursing home, and it comes the morning after we learned about manslaughter charges against a nursing home resident at another care home. It's the worst nightmare for family members who entrust the care of loved ones to others. 86-year-old James Acker was found bloodied and bruised walking the halls of St. Joseph's Villa Long-Term Care Facility in Dundas. He was almost beaten to death in his sleep by another resident with dementia who walked down the hall to his room and beat him at around 2 a.m. Saturday. This was not noticed by any staff until they found him wandering around the halls, bleeding profusely after the attack. Thankfully, Mr. Acker survived. He's in hospital, but he suffers from dementia and is not sure of what happened. His family was not even informed until two days after this terrible event. His daughter, Tammy Carbino, joins me now. Hello, Tammy. Hi, thank you for having me. Thank you so much for sharing your story, Tammy, and and really uh, our sympathy. What a horrible event! I know it's it's. I'm shocked. I'm enraged. I'm heartbroken for my father. So, tell me, how did you find out exactly what happened? So we were actually notified at two thirty a.m. after the incident by the nurse. Um, who was on staff. So after he found my father, we were notified. Oh, you um, were notified. He, yes. So yes, sorry yes, that yes. to correct that. Okay. Yeah, absolutely. That's a correction. However, the home, no one from St. Joseph's Villa had followed up with us until two days later, which I find shocking that no one would have called to see how my father is, given that he was brutally beaten and is laying in a hospital room and has bleeding in his brain. Oh, my God. We don't know what will happen to my father. He is incredibly confused. He is agitated. He is obviously suffered from severe trauma. They're watching the bleeding. He started vomiting the other night. He does have a concussion. And we've been told that at any time it could take a turn for the worse. We are now seeing him exhibit behaviors that he's never exhibited before. He has severe paranoia and anxiety, and he was hallucinating last night. I'm so sorry. Now, um, when this was reported to you Mm -hmm. by the nurse, um, Mm -hmm. did they know who the perpetrator was? Yes. Yes, they did. They knew right away who he was. And how did they know? So... Libby, we have the report that we've received is just that my father was found wandering. It appeared as though he had um, had experienced a severe attack from another resident. The resident was named in the report, but 
the home actually called my mother yesterday and told us that two PSWs watched the resident enter my father's room at 2 a.m. and leave my father's room. So now we don't know. We are very confused. We don't know what the facts are. And we're wondering, so if two PSWs watched this man enter my father's private room at 2 a.m., why was he not stopped? And obviously, if you could see the pictures, my father received a severe beating. Like, we're not talking one punch to the eye. We're talking several punches to his face. He has black eyes, bloody lips. He has swollen cheeks. He had blood running down his entire body. And he obviously has a brain injury. Um, Tammy, I'm I'm just going to say, and and Tammy, thank you so much for giving us permission to post those photos. Mm -hmm. If people want to see... What this looks like on a real person, uh, you can see those photos on our website at Zuma Radio Fight Back or on uh, the CARP website. We're going to bring uh, Wanda Morris into the conversation momentarily. Uh, but, I mean, it, it just makes you sick. So, it, so, And the point that I wanted to make is that obviously my father would have screamed when he received the needle at the hospital. He screamed, ouch. My father is, he does have dementia, but... He's high-functioning. He's calm. He's gentle. He's polite. He goes to the dances. He attends all the activities. My mother's there two hours a day. They have a social community. He's very engaging. He'll shake your hand when he sees you and smile. His face will light up. He loves to be around people. He's never exhibited ever in his life any sort of aggressive behavior. Unfortunately, this is the reality of dementia and 48% do, according to Ontario's Long-Term Care Association, 46% do exhibit some sort of aggressive behavior. So why are there not safety nets in place for these residents to be protected from themselves and from one another? I, I, I just cannot fathom, I cannot fathom that, that there were personal support workers who witnessed somebody going into his room and presumably somebody that they knew had violent tendencies. Am I wrong? We don't know of his history, the other residents' history. I I can't comment on that. However, yes, it is completely shocking that two PSW workers saw, apparently saw him walk into the room, that they would not try and redirect him. It does not make sense to me. It also doesn't make sense to me that our healthcare system does not have bed alarms on these residents, you know, in these residents' rooms who potentially do exhibit um, aggressive behaviors or have aggressive tendencies. It would, does not make sense. Now, a bed alarm, would would that have gone off when he left his own bed, or would your father have to ring that alarm? How do those work? No, a bed alarm, um, this is news to us since my father's been in the hospital. The hospital, the first question that Hamilton General Hospital asked us, well, didn't the other residents' bed alarm go off? And we said, what? What? What is that? And they said, oh, well, we have bed alarms on any um, res- on any patient that, you know, is um, can't walk or that has aggressive tendencies or that has dementia that has that may wonder. No, this is not in place in, in, in this long-term care facility. They don't have anything like this. They have a panic button. But guess what? When you have dementia, you don't know to press a panic button. Yeah, exactly. Um, 
it's senseless. I mean, it makes absolutely no sense at all. I'd be racking my brain. Like, how much is a bed alarm? $50? Well, I'm, I'm sure there could be a bulk discount. Um, exactly. Uh, are there going to be charges against this resident? Have the police been involved at all? The, the police have investigated. Forensic was there. They've, many pictures have been taken. And they have said because this resident is a dependent, with dementia, he cannot be charged. And they've told us to contact the lawyer that our fight is with the home. The home did not protect my father, and that is their responsibility. That's their number one responsibility. Wait a minute. There was just a very recent case uh, with a verdict in December. Mm-hmm. Of, I'm of, aware. Yeah, uh, of uh, a murder. Um, this is another one. The, there was It was a murder. Uh, and he was convicted of murder, even though he has dementia. And last night, uh, patient, another patient with dementia in Mississauga was charged with, was charged with manslaughter. So I, I uh, am flummoxed as to why um, the police would say that. I am, too. We don't, we don't have a lot of information. We have contacted the investigating officer. We've asked for more information. We have contacted a lawyer. We are going into St. Joseph's Villa tonight um, to speak with, you know, the president and to see what's going to happen. And, and, and we'll see from there, Libby. I'm, I'm not sure at this point. Honestly, my, all of my focus and attention has been on my father. I have not left the hospital. I've been there every day with him. I live in Toronto, in Hamilton. And at this point, we're just concerned about him, who is very frightened and scared and exhibiting new behaviors that we've never seen before. So, How's your mom doing? She's, you know, she's, she's hanging in there. She's an incredibly strong woman, so thank God. And she's, she's going to fight for her husband, you know, and she's with him right now. She's by his side, and she's trying to comfort him, but... She's in shock as well, and obviously seeing him in the state that he's in right now, she's never seen him this way, so she's disturbed, and she's scared that is this, is this the way he's going to be now? Like, how is this trauma going to affect him? Is he going to survive? We don't know. We don't know what's going to happen. He's, 80, he's going to be 86 in three weeks. Obviously, to recover from this at that age is very challenging, so... It's again. It's it's just a nightmare, and and um, I can't say enough. Do you have a hope? What do you hope happens next? I as, as- want change. I want change. The healthcare system has to change. This is absolutely ridiculous and absurd. I can't even believe. I'm in shock that we're having this conversation. I, Libby, I read a news article back from 2013 that the Star had published on 165 cases of abuse coming from nurses, PSW, and also resident to resident, that the Ministry of Health of Long-Term Care was probing and investigating. What happened? Did nothing change? How many of our elders that created Canada's history have to die or be hurt? You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. Fight Back with Libby Schneimer on Zoomer Radio. 
Welcome back. We are uh, on the line with Tammy Carbino, and she is telling us this horrible story about the violence suffered by her 86-year-old father in a nursing home at the hands of another patient with dementia, a violent patient. He's in hospital. He is not in good shape, but thank goodness he survived the attack. Um, By the way, I also want to make the point that we have... uh, calls into St. Joseph's Villa Long-Term Care Facility as well as the Ministry of Health and Long-Term Care, and we have yet to hear back from those people. I'm going to bring in Wanda Morris of CARP. Hi, Wanda. Hey there, Livy. Um, so you've heard Tammy's shocking story. Oh, I have. And I would tell me my heart just goes out to you. I, I couldn't imagine uh, the pain that you must be feeling right now. And it's got to be. Thank you, Linda. Thank you. It's got to be triply painful because we know this isn't an isolated incident, but mm-hmm. there's been many in the past. So I'm sure you're asking the question that we're asking: Why isn't anything being done? Absolutely, it doesn't. I don't understand. It's, it, uh, it just it just doesn't make sense. Do our seniors not matter to us? Like I, it's uh, mind-boggling. Wanda, you know, carp says that this is an underreported crime mm-hmm. uh, and that, you know, it's usually people hope to settle it, quote, privately as opposed to making it public. Yeah, I'm I'm really puzzled by the comment about not being able to bring charges against the, the individual who committed the assault uh, or is alleged to have done so. I mean, there may not be a conviction, but certainly bringing a charge about... It involves a formal process and, and I think is, is more likely to get to the bottom of the matter. Um, mm-hmm. Well, thank you. I'm, this is all new to me. I, you know, I would appreciate any help or advice that the good people at CARP could provide me and my family with because obviously my father has only been at St. Joseph's Villa for nine months. And in fact, there was a previous incident of sexual assault that occurred in his bed in September. And at that time, we notified the police and we were also told that, well, nothing can be proved. And it was just, it was just really swept under the carpet. The solution to this woman going into his room at 10 p.m. at night and ripping, she ripped his underwear off of him when the staff came in. She had his penis in her hand, and my father was standing there, frightened and terrified. Um, They put black tape, a black square, in front of the entrance of his door with a stop sign that they said would deter her from ever entering his room again. And thankfully it has. She has not gone in his room again. But what about all the other residents there? She is still living there, this woman that attacked my father. So this is not the first, this is not an isolated incident for my family. Wow, wow. Um, And Wanda, you were also saying that, you know, one of the things, there's a shortage of long-term care beds. And even though, you know, the Attorney General has found all kinds of big, huge problems, the government is reluctant to close anything down because there's a shortage, correct? You know, I I think you're exactly right, Libby. There's a number of systemic issues here. The Auditor General did a a long-term care inspection report in 2015 and found, you know, issues of compliance that repeatedly over and over 
and so, so there's no teeth, there's no consequences. And, and, and as a consequence, the uh, long-term care facilities are not getting their acts together. They're not, I mean, there are, let's be clear, there are many great facilities out there, but there are some that are really leaving their residents at risk. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, there, there's a number of reasons for this. I think what we've seen is the, the residents in long-term care facilities have fundamentally changed over the years. What we hear now is that uh, 80 to 90% of residents in facilities have either dementia or some type of cognitive impairment. So the the strain on resources is, is significant, and yet I don't believe that funding has increased. And so there's issues there. We also anecdotally have heard a number of cases, you know, particularly in private residences, uh, where there's a, a profit uh, motive, where individuals call in sick for work and then they're not replaced. So the perilously thin staffing levels that are there um, are are then not even met. So that puts both the, the caregivers and the patients, at, the residents at risk. Okay, Um Let's take a couple of calls here. We've got Jane in Hamilton. Hello, Jane. Hello. How are you? I'm fine. You're... I am devastated over this. A um, couple of things could have happened to prevent the worst of it. First of all, I don't know the size of these PSWs. They were probably, a lot of them are very tiny people, but they could have, there was two of them, one of them could have gone and got to the room, tried to talk to this person from the outside, were taught not to go into the rooms and get ourselves in a position where we can't really help anybody, but then they could have told the other person go down or even go to the next room, pull a cord out of a wall, a call bell, and it flashes. Mm-hmm. Or they could have gone to the desk and called 911 immediately. And uh, there are lots of things could have been done to prevent the damage that was. They should not have just walked by. And well, the family should have been called that night. Well, 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 that was that was a, an an error. Uh, Tammy told us the the family was called that night. It, there was oh. no follow up officially from management, I guess, until we, two days later. Right, and and, and one thing, my father, no one went in to check on my father. So the PSW saw wrong. this person walk into the room, walk into his room, walk out of his room. My father came staggering down the hallway, profusely bleeding. Fifteen minutes later. Yes, you're right. That should not have happened. If they knew this person was violent, they should have gone to the room, at least looked in, observed, and then called. um, I heard that they said they saw him go into the room. Mm -hmm. Right? That's what we were told yesterday. We don't have an official report stating that. We hope to get that information this evening. Another thing I think should be happening is on every shift. Years ago, when I worked, like I worked 35 years in a nursing home like this, Mm -hmm. and we had an orderly on every shift, which would be now would be uh, male, um, health care aid or whatever category. They stopped it because of um, discrimination and whatever. But 
an orderly being on every shift really help in a situation. Now, if this would have happened and they were doing rounds and they weren't aware of it, because when you're doing rounds, you, you can't be aware of what's going on in every room, and the two staff are in the rooms doing the rounds together, because it takes two of them to do the care and making people comfortable. But, and that's all the staff that's working nights. Okay. But um, they need an orderly, and they need to know. I know we are trained when there is violence what to do. And you don't hesitate to check the room. You can go to the next room. You can put a call bell, pull it out of the wall, and it makes a flashing Okay. Noise. Jane, uh, thanks very much for your call. Uh, we appreciate oh, your insights. We're, we're going to move along here. Thank you sure. very much. Um, Bye-bye. I, I just feel devastated over this. Uh, really yeah, do. and uh, you know what? Uh, Wanda here would like to get in touch with you on behalf of CARP, uh, and right now we're going to talk to Linda in Hamilton. Hi, Linda. Hi, Libby. Hello? Hello. You're, you're on the air. We're listening. Okay. Um, I, I have to say that my heart goes out to Tammy and her family, no matter how this issue is resolved for her father. Um, I guess what I'd like to know is who can I contact to protest this kind of situation? I'm a senior. I certainly don't want my children to ever have to go through what she and her family are going through. It sort of makes me think that since all long-term care, all long-term care facilities are not safe, I know that some are. Maybe I'd be smarter to choose one of the end-of-life uh, situations that we've been offered lately. Oh, my goodness. Um, <laughs> I'm not uh, suggesting that. It's a little a bit of black humor. But um, who can I contact? Because this shouldn't happen. Wanda? Um, thank you so much for your question. Uh, in fact, the whole issue of elder abuse is one of our top priorities at CART for 2017. And one of our, our plans for the year is to launch a campaign to bring awareness to it. We haven't done that yet, but I really encourage you to go to our website, carp.ca, uh, join if you haven't already done so, and make sure that we have your emails so that as soon as we launch a campaign, we can get in touch with you and you can add your voice uh, and we can bring attention to this horrible and, and- situation. Obviously, uh, the the people that you want to get to are the Minister of Health and Long-Term Care. Right now, it's Eric Hoskins. And uh, also, um, I'm sure that Wanda will be in touch with the opposition because I'm sure they have a lot to say about it. Um, This is just a terrible situation. Linda, thank you. Thank Thank you. you. Okay. Bye-bye. Okay. Helen in Toronto, you're on the air and we're listening. Hi. My mother uh, was accosted three times in a long-term care home. Mm -hmm. Uh, The first time uh, they called to say that a man had gone into her room and he had hit her in the head. Second time, same fella, uh, she got punched in the chest as she was walking to the dining room. And the third time, the PSWs formed a human chain to keep her and this person apart as she was going to go into the room. Now, when I spoke to them, um, I asked what they were going to do, and they said that they were going to have one-on-one security. I didn't understand it until I went out there, and somebody is two to three feet behind him following him. I said, that's ridiculous. Um, I sent them a letter, had a meeting with them, and they said, well, now I guess we're going to have to report it. And I thought, and I have a friend who also has gone through all of these. And I called him, and I said, like, what do I say? What do I do? Um, 
And <laughs> now that they know I'm a very squeaky wheel and, you you know, choices are you do it now or we uh, negotiate for three months, you hate me at the end, and you do it then. So um, I have my own way of dealing with these people. But I would Sounds say like that's... it's effective. Pardon? It said it sounds like it's effective. Yeah, they ended up having to move him in. And the thing is, the PSWs love my mother, and they like me, and they don't want anything to happen. So a couple of them actually told me that they were the ones in the human chain. Uh, he was then sent to hospital, and uh, I said, he's too violent to be in this unit because the people here, none of them. There's no screaming. There's no hitting each other. Um, and again, like I said, it took me a while to drill him down, and uh, he did not come back. Um, but I, not all people are like me. <laughs> a lot of them aren't. And well, my mom has had a very loud voice. She's at the villa every single day. She, there are so many complaints that we've made. So. You know, this woman that first attacked my father was supposed to also have a guard with her. Uh-huh. And, and and it fell to the wayside. And my mom has, you know, complained again and again and called the police again and said this needs to be further investigated. So it's really, really unfortunate that these cases are happening, these things are happening, and no one is really listening unless you get loud. What about the people who don't have any family? How are they being treated? Well, I was going to ask a question, taking it one step back, and um, if you've lodged that many complaints, I would, and I, I, I told you I'm out of the norm, I would go to whoever the reporting agency is, and I would have them uh, find out if there's a re- with my mother's I found I got the reports on file and all the rest of it and again like I said um, people think others of a certain age are too old and dumb to be able to do these things uh, just a minute what- just a minute I just want to clarify something Helen you talked where did you get the reports what reporting agency I got the reports um, from the region, and then there was another one I couldn't get. They told me it didn't exist, and after several conversations, guess what? It appeared, and it was mailed, and it was sent to me by email. So um, I had spoken to people who know the system and tell you which step to go to. I can't remember who. I can't remember who told me. It may have been a social worker at the Mount Sinai at the Reisman Institute who um, knew the steps to get to the top, and mm-hmm. I would have, and I would have um, started at step one and kept moving until I got what I wanted. Okay. Well, that's why I am on this radio show today and Zoomer to share my story and you know to create awareness and to get this message out there. This isn't one isolated incident, or you know your family as well has been affected. It's not a few incidences. It, this affects all of us. This, we have an aging population. All of us have either a mother, a father, a grandparent, an aunt, an uncle. We are all being affected by this and we all need to come together. And, you know, if CARP can let us know how to do that and how to get loud and how to get this message across that there needs to be change within our healthcare system. Uh, right. Absolutely, and, and federal level, and and this problem is going to get worse because uh, yes. th- 
there, there are more people getting older and there will be more people with dementia and we need a strategy. Absolutely. Um, Helen, uh, we're also going to uh, give Wanda your contact information as well. Okay. Okay. And uh, you can go to the website and sign up if you're not signed up. Um, but, yeah, we, we really need to do something about it. Thanks for your call. Okay, thank you. Okay, we've got uh, Margaret in Thornhill. Hi, Margaret. Uh, you're on the oh, air hi, and we're listening. Libby. Good morning and Happy New Year. Thank you. Good oh, afternoon. It's uh, rather late, but it's still the New Year. Uh, yeah, I would like to talk on the subject matter. I, I'm a senior as well. Mother was put in one of these um, places, uh, nursing homes, and apparently... Uh, she rang the bell for the nurse to come and uh, help her with her needs, whatever she needed. And uh, what had happened, the nurse didn't turn up, so she fell off the bed, and she obtained a terrible bruise on her forehead. And a few hours later, I got a call from the doctor saying that she had passed away. Mm. So what's wrong with these nurses? Do they not hear the bell, or they deliberately not care? Or what is it? Uh, the way I look at things, on behalf of all seniors, here in Toronto and in Ontario or wherever it may be, we should have some more independent people going in to these places to find out each, each and every, how each and every one is doing. Mm-hmm. A lot of things are not even said because it's all closed doors. But seniors are at the mercy of the nursing homes. They're completely at the mercy. And this story this lady was telling me about a father was disgusting, horrifying, and it should not have been here in Canada. This is Canada, no other country. Mm-hmm. We have to look after our seniors. The reason why they put in nursing homes, because families can't take care of them. And they feel if they're in senior homes, they're looked after better than what they are at homes. But if they neglected the way they are and the way things are happening, it's very bad. It's... Uh... The system is going down, not only in, in nursing homes, Libby. This is happening in hospitals. I've had a lot of discussions with people on my way to wherever I am, and they have told me about their loved ones going to hospitals and not coming back after three days they're dead or, or the prognosis is wrong. I know what happened to my husband in the hospital when he's a veteran. I know exactly what happened. I put him in the wrong place. I should have put him in veterans. But, however... I'm still not at peace as to what had happened to Eddie. And I don't want things like that to happen to other people. I feel we have to have more justice and we have to perform our duties properly and look after our seniors. Okay, Margaret, Wanda wants to respond to you. Uh, thanks so much for your call. Uh, and I, I really mean it. Thank you so much. I appreciate it. Okay. And, and, and Margaret, I, I think you raise a, a good point about uh, about. Uh, incidents not not found but what's even scarier than that is that we have have audits we have discovered through the you know the auditor general has looked at at programs has seen that there are inspections happening that there are complaints being laid and those aren't followed up so we we it's not that we don't know about the problems we do and then simply they're not being addressed and, and that's not okay I, I wonder if ageism is at play here. I wonder if these were, you know, this was sick kids hospital, if this was, was younger individuals, would we be, um, would the ministry be sitting by and allowing these complaints to continue on unaddressed? Uh, that's uh, an interesting question. Uh, I guess 
part of the problem, though, is is that, you know, it probably takes time to get more resources, which are more nursing homes, I guess. Well, and, and I know at CARP we've got a couple things that we're asking for, definitely. One is to make sure that we get some more funding uh, for nursing homes. And, and secondly, I, we really need a, a dementia strategy here in the province of Ontario. Uh, most provinces have one. We need one here. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. Fight Back with Libby Snymer on Zoomer Radio. Welcome back. We are talking about the latest horrible case of violence in a nursing home. This time it happened in Dundas, Ontario at St. Joseph's Villa Long-Term Care Facility. We're on the line with Tammy Carbino, whose father was the victim. We're also here with Wanda Morris from CARP because something's got to change. And we're taking your calls. We'll go right to the phones. We've got Clay in Ajax. Hello, Clay. Hi, Libby. How are you today? Fine. Uh, You're on the air and we're listening. Okay, Libby, I would say something that that I'm not going to say, and I'm not going to say what Kathleen Wynne always says when she says something like this. My heart goes out to them. My heart does go out to them, but that's baloney. The problem is people are not being held accountable. These, these nursing homes, they're, they're working with minimum staff because they're trying to make more money than they, they possibly should be making. The woman in Weston, if you remember last year, uh, she'd been charged six times. Yeah. You know, like they, they just don't seem to do any follow-up. The, the horrific accident in uh, Lake Megantic in Quebec there, uh, you know, where there were no water sprinklers in that day, no sprinkler systems. Like Kathleen Wynne gives these people 15 years. Why didn't she give them interest-free loans and say, do it now? Like, you know, I'm, I'm 72 years old. You know what? The government doesn't care about us. If you were, I don't know, if you were getting my age, if you were my age, would you think about going into a nursing home and hear all these things that are going on? Uh, 72 at your age? I, I uh, plan to be uh, on the tennis court and at work. <laughs> well, you're right. <laughs> but, you know, like, I mean, some, some of these people aren't as fortunate as you and I. They don't have their health and uh, they don't have anybody to take care of them, so they end up in a nursing home. Well, yes, of course. I mean, I was just being a little f- flip there. I but... know you were, Liz. But, but Libby, it just seems like nobody's accountable. Nobody seems to follow up. They say they're going to do this and they say they're going to do that, but nothing seems to materialize. Well, ex- exactly. Wanda just brought up the the, uh, the Auditor General's report from 2015. That's pretty recent. What happened after that? Nothing. That's the problem. It's like it's like the, the rail cars, you know? Oh, yeah, they're not going to use those rail cars. We're all going to change them all. What happens? They're still bombing down the bloody tracks. I don't know. Nobody's accountable. Anyway, that's all I got to say, ladies. Okay, thanks a lot. Bye. Bye bye. Okay, let's go to uh, Donna in Toronto. Hi, Donna. Hi. How you doing? Fine. You're on the air, and we're listening. Yeah, I think that you can you can actually pinpoint something small. Like I was explaining, the uh, my mom's uh, been in uh, a long term care facility here in in Toronto. Um, she has a lot of personal care workers that we pay for privately. But there are a lot of people on her floor. It's a lockdown floor because of the Alzheimer's. Um, and I can say without a word of a doubt, a shadow of a doubt, there are women that have been there for the five years my mom has been there that have not had a breath of fresh air. They have not been outside once. Mm-hmm. And my son does foster work with the uh, Toronto Human Society, and they have a policy that the dogs get out twice a day. I find it fascinating that we care to get the dogs out twice a day. But nobody is, is concerned about the fact that these people who are infirmed and have no way of getting themselves out the door, are, are, are allowed to get a breath of fresh air. I, I think something just that small, it's human, you know? Like, what, what's wrong with us that we're not 
for not insisting that that kind of care, that that something that minor but so important, that we're not uh, we're not we're not paying attention at all. Why is it that that uh, we treat our animals better than we treat our our seniors that uh, that are in, in long term care facilities? Oh wow, well, Tammy, I think you were about to say something. Yeah, my mom just recently said to me at the Christmas party, they had a Christmas party um, within my dad's floor and then a Christmas party within the villa. And she said, can you believe they put on this beautiful Christmas party? No one was taken from my father's floor except my father because my mom's there every day for a few hours. So she took him. But she said, there's the staff stuffing their face, this was the way she said it, you know, enjoying the party, but where are the residents? Uh, no one from his floor attended because no one brought them. They, they, they are dementia. They, they have dementia. They have to be brought by a personal care or support worker, and no one came from his floor. It's disgusting. Oh, my God. <laughs> I, I, don't, I, don't, I don't know what to say. Donna, thanks for your call. Yeah, no, thank you. I've already, and there is, you know, there's a, this this movement, the doctors' movement, that's trying to get to raise awareness. I forget what it's called now, and I've certainly written to them, uh, where they're trying to get policy. You know that, and I think something like this, something that the people should be allowed to get on a balcony, get outside in the gardens. Most of these places have lovely gardens, but if you mm-hmm. happen to have the Alzheimer's. And, and nobody, your family doesn't have enough money to get a personal care worker, then you're not you're not privileged enough to get outside. It's something that small. It, I don't blame the nurses, and I don't blame the people that work there. They are so short-staffed. But there must be something that we can we can do to to you know to pay people just to go in because if we have that level of attention, if we have people going in once a day to make sure that you know the people that are able can go outside and have a breath of fresh air, then there's going to be that much more awareness of what's going on in the floor. Oh, so something that small, I think, could make that, a big difference. Thanks a lot. Okay, okay. Madam, thank you. Bye bye. Bye bye. Let's go to Kim in Grimsbury. Hi, Kim. Kim, are you there? Hello. Hello. Uh, you're on the air, and we're listening, Kim. Hi. Um, I'm listening to everybody's point of view, and I totally agree with everybody what they're saying. You're uh, a registered practical nurse. I, I certainly am, yes. I have been for over 25 years. Okay. And I work in a um, hospital in Hamilton, and um, due to Hamilton Health Sciences, due to close down my hospital for different reasons... Um, I'm a palliative nurse, so um, I've been there for a long time, and I can certainly agree with everything, what everybody's saying about short-staffed short and, 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 and all that business, um, but it's the government that wants, doesn't want to give all the funding to all the uh, hospitals and nursing homes and stuff like that for the extra staff, and we're the ones that are going to suffer for that, the older people and... Even even my generation, when I get older. Absolutely. I mean, there's no question. There's going to be more of us. And it's going to get worse, unfortunately, before it gets better. And like I said, um, we take pride in what we do where I work. We've been there, a, a close-knit family, for a very long time. And now they want to close down our hospital. And um, they want to move our programs around to different, different sites of Hamilton Health Sciences. And you know what? It's not going to work because... They're, they're, they don't take the same pride as we do. And I'd like to see the government come in and look at what we do on a daily basis 
and take that as a model and teach everybody else in nursing homes, in retirement homes, in hospitals and everything else because we are we care deeply for our, our patients. And what facility do you work in? St. Peter's Hospital. Sorry? St. Peter's in Hamilton. Okay. Yeah. Well, thank you for that, Kim. Yeah. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Okay. Marlene in Aurelia. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> All I can say is the beat goes on. Uh, my call was about 20 years ago uh, that my father was in a nursing home, lawn care. And uh, we had, if we hadn't been there daily, um, many of these things would have happened. Um, there used to be one fellow that uh, obviously had dementia, and uh, <clears throat> he would come to my dad's room every day with his cane, and he'd raise the cane over his head. And my dad <laughs> was in, an, in a, a wheelchair, and he was a... a a victim of, uh, of of stroke, and so he, he couldn't get out of the wheelchair. Anyway, um, we, you know, if, if it hadn't been for our repeated uh, uh, visits and uh, going to the staff and, and telling them we have to do something, it took forever to finally move that man to another area. But what's happened after that? Probably more of the same. Um, it, and the staff was generally good, but there was a couple. There were a couple that uh, just were, I, I, I don't know, I just I don't even know how to describe them, but they were very infuriating. My dad used to have his TV, and that was the only thing he could actually, you know, get some pleasure out of. And it seemed that I'd be buying a, a remote uh well, I guess uh, several times over the years, and uh, because the the nurse would throw it on the floor and say, "You go get it," and to my dad, I mean, really, this stuff goes on all the time. So this is twenty years ago, and it's all still happening, and 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 nothing's ha- the bottom line, dollars and cents. Yep. Marlene, thanks for your call. You're welcome. Okay. Um, Wow. Um, Pat in Mississauga. Hello, Pat. Hello. You're on the air and we're listening. Okay. Thank you very much. Okay. I'm I'm calling, actually, it was regarding my aunt. I was her POA. POA? Yeah, POA, which means I was her. Oh, your power of attorney. Okay. power of attorney, right? Uh, she had no children and so forth. Anyways, um, she was dropped from the Hoya lift one day at the nursing home. And I was called three days later to say she was being sent to the hospital with a respiratory problem. Mm. When she got to the hospital, they, they were amazed. She had a fractured hip, a fractured knee. She had laid for three days with these fractures. The doctor couldn't believe. He said, I think, he says, I can't believe she hasn't even got sepsis by now. Mm. Uh, this is a Toronto-run nursing home. Uh, Private told, or public? Pardon? Private or public? No, this is, uh, this is public. Okay, it's run by the city of Toronto. Okay. And the thing is, they told me there'd be an investigation through the nursing home and there'd be an investigation through the city and so forth. A lady did come at one point from the city. She took down the information and so forth. 
I never heard a word from either one regarding anything. I My aunt has since passed. Sorry uh, to hear that. And they believe, you know, that really it was, in, in retrospect, uh, because of her issues that had happened at that time. But the doctor had to put down that she died of pneumonia because he said, if I put down that it was her hip, um, you'll be inundated with calls and what have you. Sorry, I... What? I'm just curious why they cannot send a government agent in to inspect. I know they go maybe to inspect the food and so forth, but to go in and, and inspect and find out exactly what's happening in there. And, and you could go in in the evening, and you could shoot a gun down the hall. You wouldn't, you wouldn't hit any nurse or anybody. You had to go searching for one. During this whole episode, when I brought her back by ambulance at 11 one night with medication, I had to go to the next floor to try and find somebody to give her the medication. And another night, I went in at uh, around 6 on Sunday, and I was waiting for her dinner, and I, I, it didn't come. So I went down to them. I said, she hasn't had her dinner and they all looked at each other with a surprised look on their face. Not only had she not had her dinner, there was no food to give her. Wow. Um, <laughs> Pat, thanks for your call. We're just hearing too many stories like this. Uh, we have your contact info. Okay. Okay, and, uh, you know, we'll, we'll see what we can do with the campaign. Thanks very much. Okay, thank you. Okay. Okay. Um, we are... Uh, only have a few minutes left, and uh, Tammy Carbino, uh, I want to give you uh, what, what, what would you like to leave us with? And uh, you're going to to talk to the nursing home later, right? Yes, we are. We're going in tonight. Um, you know, I'm listening to all of these stories, and it's so sad, and it breaks my heart, and it you know makes me want to cry. But I think what we need to do is really stay hopeful and get loud and demand change and work with the good people at CARP and demand that, you know, the Ministry of Health and Long-Term Care comes in and sees what's happening and demands that there's follow-up. Because obviously it's getting it, it, these, these incidences that have happened over the past how many years they get some attention, but then there's no follow-up. And there needs to be a strategy put in place. Absolutely, yeah. absolutely. And we are going to follow up. Uh, Tammy, thank you so much. We're going to thank be in you touch so with... Thanks. Uh, we're going to be in touch with you. We're going to follow up. Uh, we're not going to let this one go. Uh, we have uh, just a few seconds left. Uh, Tammy, thanks so much again. Thank you so much, Libby. Wanda? Uh, thank you, Libby. Thank you, Tammy. I just want to say, I, I want to continue the conversation. If you're listening to this, join us on the CARP Facebook page. Uh, we've posted about this. There's some pictures there. Uh, tell us what you think. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show.